Hey friends, welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study. I'm Pastor Dustin Jernigan, and we are so excited and thankful that you are joining us this evening. Uh, as you can probably already tell, we have a special guest with us this night. And in fact, we have two special guests with us. So this is my lovely wife, Caroline, and baby number four is still here with us. Yeah, we decided that baby has taken the shelter in place to the next level because baby's still in sheltering in place. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, yeah, we are a few days late, but uh, keep praying and uh, we can't wait to meet baby number four. And I'm sure you do as well. In fact, we have a, a really wonderful idea about how you can maybe see this baby in the coming days and weeks. Yeah, we thought maybe when the baby's born, if you're interested, we can have a place in the front of our house where the baby can be at the window and if you want you can come by and um, just reach out to Dustin or me and we can we can figure out a time where you could come see the baby and we can make it make the best of it in this weird time. Yeah so if you want to just uh, you know reach out to me in my email or call the church office and uh, we'll schedule a time for you to you know come knock on our door and, you know, wave to the baby maybe through, through a, window. a window or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, we're just so excited uh, to be here. It's such a hopeful time right now, although it may not feel like it, but it is. Uh, the Lord is with us and we serve uh, the God of hope. And uh, we're here to study his word together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm just so excited to be doing this. Um, also, uh, you know, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our friends, Perry and Peggy Atkinson. We've got some wonderful tea here in my beautiful uh, Dove TV radio <laughs> station. So hopefully you guys are tuning into the Dove a lot lately. Uh, but um, before we dive into the Bible study, um, I know a lot of families are homeschooling right now. And uh, really, homeschooling has gone way mainstream in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, Caroline, you really spearhead the effort to homeschool our kids. Um, so, you know, what advice or insight would you give families right now who are sort of grappling with how to homeschool? Great question. I would say, you know, this is a, a unique time in our history, and it's not the best example of ho true homeschooling. It's more like isolation schooling. Um, but just give yourself grace because, you know, we are all doing the best we can. And um, I, I'll say, I'll be the first to say that my kids want to fire their teacher every day. And <laughs> I have to have tons of parent-teacher conferences with my own self <laughs> um, to make it through the day. But just do the best you can. You know, this is a special time where you have, um, you know, a unique amount of time to invest in your kids and just to spend with them. And it's really sweet. So, Give yourself grace. You're doing a great job, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And, uh, you know, I know for us, this quarantine has really changed uh, some of the family dynamics, as I'm sure it has for a lot of you. Uh, you know, and we could always talk about how negative things are and how yeah. stressful they are. Uh, but, you know, tonight what I'd like to do is um, just talk very briefly about what are some of the positives that you've seen out of this time. So what are you seeing happening uh, in our family that's maybe encouraging you right now? Yeah, we've been forced, you know, in a, in a weird way to really focus on our family and to, after the first two days or so, you have to think outside of the box and come up with new ideas of ways to spend your time. And so we've seen, you know, we've tried to turn the television off, um, have more board game time and um, reading time. Dustin and I have both read aloud to the kids, which they seem to really enjoy. Going outside has been super helpful, as I'm sure most of you have seen, you know, going on hikes or being in your garden. Um, we have required trampoline time with the family every day. Not me, <laughs> but Dustin <laughs> and the kids. So that's been really sweet. But um, I've really seen some great bonding between the girls just because they are forced to play with each other at home. And 
um, just sweet, sweet one-on-one time with each other, you know, mm-hmm. that we've had with each of our kids individually. We can't, we can no longer use the excuse that we don't have time for things because a lot of us are finding that we have a lot of time on our hands. So, um, I was joking with Dustin that our house has never been so organized and our laundry done and put away. And um, I'm cooking dinner every night, which is not my favorite thing to do. But, you know, you're kind of forced out of your comfort zone, which is a, a really interesting place to be. And I feel like the Lord really uses that that out of your comfort zone place. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and we're we are definitely not doing it perfectly no. every day. Uh, but uh, we would encourage you to try to find the positives right now as much as you can. Lean into the things uh, like Caroline was saying. Uh, you know, fi- pull out the board games, turn off the TV, uh, take a hike. You know, it's such a beautiful time right now in our valley. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we've been out walking probably more than ever yeah. uh, just because the urge to get outside is so high. And there are so many beautiful wildflowers uh, just everywhere sprouting all over our valley. It's just really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so in some ways, um, yeah, obviously it's very difficult and a lot of people have lost income or Mm -hmm. lost their jobs or have been furloughed. Uh, But um, as hard as that is, try to find those moments of grace where you can find God really working in your life and maybe in your family. And, uh, you know, we're going to get through this and we're going to get through it together. And Mm -hmm. I hope that we all come out of this in a new way. Uh, The other thing that I want to talk to you about uh, and encourage you to do, and really what the whole point of our Bible study tonight is going to focus on, is uh, this uh, idea that you and I were supposed to be coming out of this uh, strange time in a new kind of different way. And we keep coming back to that idea of a new kind of different, you know, mm-hmm. a new normal, if you will. And last week at our Bible study, we talked about Psalm 42, and I really encouraged you to see the Psalms as something that can help you learn how to pray. Uh, meaning you just start praying through the Psalms. And so uh, what I want to do uh, tonight and for the next several weeks is we're actually going to walk through the Lord's Prayer together. And there has not been any prayer that has changed my prayer life more than the Lord's Prayer. And uh, the more that I study it and think about it, the more profound I really uh, realize and appreciate the Lord's Prayer really is. And uh, so uh, before we we dive into that, I do want to give a couple shout-outs. First, um, you know, five years ago, we gave birth to our first son, Levi, whom many of you know. And we named Levi after one of my old seminary professors. His name is Derek Thomas. And he's from Wales, just like Pastor Richard is. Mm -hmm. And Derek Thomas wrote a wonderful book called Praying the Savior's Way. You can find it on Amazon. It's down um, at the bottom of the YouTube link. You can click on it and find this book online. I'd love for you, uh, if you're a reader at all and you enjoy reading books on uh, the Bible and theology, uh, get this short little book and read through it and see uh, just the profound insights that it shares with the Lord's Prayer. I found it such a benefit. It's one of my favorite books I've ever read. Almost every page is underlined. And we named Levi Thomas after Derek Thomas, so that's the connection there. Yeah, yeah, that's the connection is uh, Derek Thomas is the namesake for Levi Thomas Jernigan. Uh, So anyway, with that, right before we dive into the Lord's Prayer, uh, Caroline and I thought it would be uh, neat uh, to actually uh, do a song together. And so we're going to play just a short song. Uh, This is a meaningful song to us, and uh, it it dates back many years in our family and in our marriage. And um, it's written by a folk musician back down south, and it takes the words of an old hymn, and it sets it to sort of new folk music. Uh, So with that in mind, I'm going to grab my guitar, and we're going to go through this song, Jesus the Lord, My Savior Is.
and uh, Caroline is going to be singing it for me. All right, you ready? Yeah. Amen. I love that song. It is an old hymn called Jesus the Lord, My Shepherd Is. And so uh, let's grab our Bibles and open up to the Lord's Prayer. If you've got your Bible at home, this is going to be out of Matthew chapter 6. Uh, the Lord's Prayer is also listed in Luke 11. Uh, but for this night, we're mostly going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6. Uh, so if you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, you'll find the Lord's Prayer is uh, right about the middle of uh, of uh, Jesus's famous Sermon on the Mount. Mm. So we're right there in Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 5 through 13. 
But before we read Matthew 6, hopefully you've got your Bible at home or maybe uh, you've pulled it up on your Bible app on your phone. And I know for me, I, I am really, you know, brand loyal, I guess. I really like the ESV Bible app. It's free. It's a beautiful app. And uh, it allows uh, someone to read it out loud to you. Uh, but what Bible app do you use? I use the the Bible app. Isn't it? Isn't it called that Bible app? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. And there's lots of great plans on there, which I have really enjoyed this year. Reading through a plan that they kind of have available on there. Yeah, and I think the difference is the Bible app, which is what you use, it has like every translation. Right. right. You can hand pick whichever one you want, and you can listen to various readers. And yeah, it's kind of more. Um, what, what's the word? You can just choose choose more. Yeah, either one really, really works really yeah. well. And uh, we'd encourage you to download an app on your Bible, uh, but also, you know, uh, try to be having uh, a relationship with a Bible where mm-hmm. you can take notes. Um, I know a lot of people take notes in their Bible so they can go and then uh, one day give those uh, Bibles with the notes in them to yeah. their kids. And so um, I know that I've got uh, three really nice Bibles that are already divvied out to our three kids. And Hey, we need to get you another Bible. I know. Uh-oh. I can't wait. I get to buy another Bible. <laughs> That's like for, your favorite thing. It is. Yeah. It is very exciting. And, uh, you know, they're all color coordinated. So my brown Bible, this one, is going to go to Eloise, my brown eyed girl. Yep. And uh, my green one is going to go to our uh, daughter with green eyes. And uh, yeah, Levi's, uh, we have to figure out which one he's going to get, I guess. But um, Anyway, we're excited, uh, but hey, before we dive into Matthew 6, let's uh, pray as uh, we get ready to read God's Word together. Uh, Lord, we pray and we thank you for the body of Christ and the communion of saints. Uh, Lord, that even though we are not physically present together, uh, Lord, that we are linked by your Holy Spirit. Uh, Lord, we thank you for your command uh, that we would love one another, and by this all people would know that we are your disciples. And so, Father, we pray that we would prove ourselves uh, for our own sake and for the sake of your name uh, to love one another, uh, to see you as our Father, Lord, and to love your word and to be shaped by it. Uh, So, Lord, give us humility, give us sincere love, uh, give us a longing for the brotherhood, a longing to gather together as your people. And, Lord, thank you for the technology that allows us to gather together uh, even now. And so, Lord, for your glory we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so uh, why don't you read verses 5 through 8, and then I'll finish up our passage out of Matthew 6. Okay, verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for for your Father knows what you need before you even ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Well, hey, friends, uh, you may have noticed already right off the bat in that reading of uh, the Lord's Prayer, uh, uh, Caro, did you find anything that uh, may be missing in that version? Yeah, that, that great line, for thine is the kingdom. 
and, and the, the power, power and the glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly right. That's yeah, missing. so, uh, and that's exactly the version that we say on Sundays here for right. thine is the power and the glory and the kingdom and all that great stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, if you're reading out of the King James or the New King James, those words will be in there. Mm. Uh, but for um, the modern translations, uh, they all leave that out because the earliest versions of the Bible, those old, old manuscripts, they don't include those words, which is why they're not here uh, in our Bibles. Now, of course, that brings up a big question then. Well, should we pray those words if they're mm. not originally written in there? And that's such an interesting question. And then uh, to sort of add more kind of complexity, if we can, just real fast, uh, if you know your Bible, you'll know that in, Ma in Matthew 6, the Lord's Prayer is written this way, which we just said. Mm -hmm. But then the Bible also lists the Lord's Prayer one other time in Luke 11. And there are slight differences uh, between Matthew and Luke's version. Mm -hmm. So if you go to Luke 11 in your Bible, uh, you can go right there. You'll see that there's just a couple of different things about that version. So probably the first thing you can notice is that um, Jesus says, um, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and lead us not into temptation. But uh, what Luke uh, does not add is he does not say, uh, for thine is the power and the glory forever. Right. Amen. Luke doesn't add that either. And so now we're supposed to be, you know, figure out, okay, well, what is it that um, Luke is uh, saying versus what Jesus is saying? You know, they seem to have a little bit of difference. Well, what's going on is really all that's happening uh, between Matthew and Luke. It's not that they're disagreeing or they're trying to correct each other. All that's really happening is this is a reflection of Jesus's uh, ministry uh, of uh, his itinerant preaching. Hmm. And what I mean by that is Jesus would go around and he would teach what he says over and over again. Right. And so, you know, um, the Beatitudes, you know, those are things that he would have repeated multiple times. Mm -hmm. uh, the Lord's Prayer, um, many people would have heard this story because he would have only, uh, he wouldn't have just taught it to his disciples, but uh, to all of his disciples, not right. just the inner 12. And so Matthew and Luke, they record it the first time, but you know, the slight difference is they shouldn't really bother us. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes to that ending, for thine is uh, the power, the glory, and the kingdom forever, amen, uh, you know, whichever version you say of those you know, two or three things, um, the thing is that they, those words are all true and accurate. Right. And so uh, really the Lord's Prayer is meant to sort of be like an outline of a prayer, not just those are the only words you're supposed mm. to pray. And so there's nothing wrong. It is his kingdom. It is his glory. It is his power. And so we're free to pray those things. And uh, I teach our kids to pray that. And I pray mm -hmm. that myself uh, because I think those words are true. Uh, but there's also this really fascinating thing uh, uh, that we have found in the last hundred years. Uh, about uh, in the last hundred years, uh, archaeologists found this fascinating document called the Didache, which in Greek just means the teaching. Mm. And uh, you can go home, and if you are home already, you can stay home, and you can get on Wikipedia later this night and uh, look on Wikipedia or just Google it. Uh, it's D-I-D-A-C-H-E, and it just means the Didache. teaching, the Didache. Mm -hmm. And the Didache is fascinating, and every Christian uh, would be... Uh, I'm, I'm sure interested to study what the Didache teaches. The teaching, the Didache, was just an ancient document of what the early church felt about certain things like baptism mm -hmm. and communion and how people would join the church. And it talks about praying the Lord's Prayer. And of course, the Didache is not scripture. 
uh, and I'm not saying it's scripture, what I am saying is it is a really, really old example of what the earliest Christians were doing. Hmm. And when it comes to uh, things like baptism, it's really cool to find out what the earliest Christians were doing. Uh, you know, a lot of people have questions on baptism, like should you dunk somebody or is pouring okay? Or should you baptize a child or not? And uh, the Didache is one of the earliest examples of what Christians believed about baptism. So do you know what the Didache says about kids? No, what does it say? <laughs> it doesn't talk about baptizing kids. Um, so we don't know uh, exactly if they would have been baptizing kids based on the Didache. But what is cool, for instance, is the Didache, when it comes to baptism, tells believers that they should um, ideally be baptized in living water. So what do you think living water means? Like a stream or a creek? Yeah, exactly. It means running like... Running water? Yeah, they should go out where there's running water. So anybody who's been baptized, you know, at Lake Bradley or Cantrell, Cantrell Buckley, yeah. yeah, you know, you would be right in line with the Didache. You know, you stand in line with a, a long line of believers who are baptized in living water. But then the cool thing about the Didache is it goes on and it says, actually, if living water is not available, it's okay to pour just pour three times in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And if, if you're in quarantine because of a virus, you get a super soaker, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay six feet apart and just squirt somebody, no. As long as you do it three times, right? right? Three I times. guess the Didache would say it's okay, <laughs> right? Uh, well, anyway, the reason I mentioned the Didache is because it also talks about the Lord's Prayer. Mm. And the interesting thing about the Didache, there's two. The first thing that's cool about the Didache is it uses the words, for thine is the power oh. and the glory, amen. So we know that those words, at least two out of those three words, are extremely old mm -hmm. and Christians have been praying them for a long time. So it is okay for us to pray those right. words. Uh, the second thing that the Didache tells us about the Lord's Prayer, which is so interesting, is it prescribes Christians, particularly new Christians, when they come to faith, to pray the Lord's Prayer three times a mm -hmm. day morning, noon, and night. Right. And uh, um, I would encourage you right now, uh, this night and for the next several weeks during quarantine and as we go through the Lord's Prayer, to really think about that as your first easy application for this mm -hmm. Bible study. Uh, commit to praying the Lord's Prayer morning and at noon and at night. And if you have a family at home, maybe you uh, live with, uh, you know, your children still, uh, try to instill that in your kids. You know, pray the Lord's Prayer every night with them before they go to bed. Mm -hmm. And then when you wake up in the morning, try to pray the Lord's Prayer. And at noon, pray the Lord's Prayer. Um, it really will help uh, you understand and grasp the depth of the Lord's Prayer. Right. So with that, let's dive into the Lord's Prayer. So uh, right there, the first thing we need to realize uh, is Jesus instructs us as his people uh, who believe in his name, uh, that are believers in Jesus Christ, to refer to God right off the bat as our mm -hmm. Father. And uh, I love that because uh, there's been a lot of study done uh, and research on this idea that when Jesus tells his believers explicitly right here, he tells his believers, you need to refer to God as Father, that that was utterly revolutionary right. for many people, for everybody. Really, there's no ancient religion and not even Judaism would have taught uh, mm. God's people to refer to God as Father the way that Jesus is teaching us to refer to him as Father. And of course, you know, in the Old Testament, occasionally God does liken himself to 
a father and, you know, the people of Israel are his children. I'm not denying that. But what Jesus is doing all through the Sermon on the Mount, and particularly right here in the Lord's Prayer, is he's teaching his believers that when you um, pray to God, you are to interact with him like he is the truest, the best father mm. you have ever known. Uh, I think Tim Keller ha has it in this beautiful way. Tim Keller says, uh, the only one who would dare ask a king for a glass of water at 3 a.m. in the morning <laughs> is the king's child. Yeah. Mm. And he says, you and I have that kind of access. Wow. So um, with that, right off the bat, uh, you can see that this idea of God as our Father is uh, incredibly important. Over and over again, Jesus is going to come back to this idea that you and I, when we pray, we're supposed to be picturing and trying to wrap our minds around how good of a Father God is. Mm -hmm. um, even in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus will go on in chapter 6 later on, and he talks about anxiety. You know, so if you're worried about anxiety, you know, if you have struggles and uh, anxiety and worries right now, well, Jesus speaks to that. Yeah. And uh, it's beautiful what he says, is he says, um, your father knows what you need, right there in verse 32. He says, for the Gentiles seek after all these things, but your heavenly father knows that you need them all. You know, so in the face of anxiety, Jesus is saying, keep the fatherhood of God, God as your father at the forefront of your mind. Mm. Um, so uh, with that, that kind of brings up kind of an interesting question. Uh, which for some of us, we had awesome fathers that loved us, uh, that protected us, that encouraged us to be our best. Uh, but for uh, other people, and maybe for a lot of people listening in, um, I, I'm sad to think about that for many of you, um, father, your father was not always um, a, a good role model and a person that pointed you to the love of God. Um, so, you know, um, why do you think it would be hard for some people to picture God as their father. You know, what, what comes to mind when you think about that? Right, it's almost like you, you have to take off the lens of how you view your own father. You know, whenever you read God um, as, as, you know, referring to God as our father. Um, I guess just because, you know, a lot of us, like you said, had kind of a harder relationship with our dad. I've personally had some challenges with my dad, and um, by God's grace, we reconciled at the end of his life. But growing up, it was really challenging for me to, to think of my dad as a loving father um, just because of the circumstances. But, you know, for me, it was so helpful to identify God, our father, as my true father because... Mm -hmm. To, I knew that he was free from sin, you know, that God, that God loved me, you know, with an everlasting love. Um, and so that was helpful. Yeah. Hmm. And then different men in the church who, you know, of course, we're still sinners and um, all of us fall short of the glory of God. But um, just seeing godly men who truly wanted to, to glorify the Lord with their life, you know, that was also helpful to kind of redefine in my hmm. mind who, you know, what a father is truly like. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I guess what I hear you saying is, um, you know, if you, if you don't have a good father in mind, um, part of the way you were able to work through that was you did have um, godly example of men in the church. Right. Absolutely. And so, you know, that's one of the beautiful things about the body of Christ is that um, it fills up what we're lacking mm -hmm. a lot of times. 
Um, but, you know, is there anything else you would tell somebody who's listening right now that just says, well, I, you know, I had a really terrible, you know, or maybe even an abusive father. Mm. So this idea that I'm supposed to call God my father, well, you know, do you have any advice for how they should maybe start thinking about God? Yeah, I mean, Jesus makes it clear that God, like, loves us and that, you know, God um, is there for us. He doesn't leave us and forsake us, you know, and that God... Um, will always meet our needs. It says, you know, the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted. And I think that's so true. You know, if you have experienced any sort of abuse or hardship in life, Jesus, he understands and God, our Father, loves us despite that, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, Jesus will go on and he'll say, um, you know, in that famous, you know, ask and it will be given to you. This is Matthew mm-hmm. 7, 7. You know, he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. And then he goes on and he uses this great example. He says, or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Hmm. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? And then I love Jesus so much. This is such a great line. If you then, who are evil, Hmm. know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him. And so uh, I think right there, um, I mean, if you've had a, a bad relationship with your dad or you um, have, you know, the father wound that you hear about a lot, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jesus will say, look, ask, seek, knock, and God is going to answer and he's going to prove himself as the faithful one, even if you don't have a whole right. lot of good role models to point to. And um, so let's keep going. So when we, we refer to God as father, um, I think the baseline uh, that what Jesus is getting at in our prayer life is that when we pray, we're supposed to pray like children who know they are loved and they know that their father is listening to them. Right. And, and they already, it says, you know, what we read, he already knows our needs before we even ask, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's such a great place. You know, so if you look at the verses right before this, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. And remember, even the disciples say, Lord, teach us how to pray, right? They don't even know how to do this. Mm-hmm. And what Jesus says right there in uh, verse 7, is, uh, this is chapter 6, verse 7, he says, And when you pray, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Mm-hmm. And I think if we really look at the way that a lot of us pray, and I'll, I'll be the first to admit that prayer did not come naturally for me. This is really something that um, other believers and the Holy Spirit have had to teach me how to do. Mm-hmm. Um, guys like you know Derek Thomas and um, a lot of mentors taught me how to pray. Uh, but right there, I mean, Jesus is getting at the heart of prayer because what he says um, is he says, there are a lot of people who pray out of a sense of panic. Hmm. And for them, prayer is primarily focused on pleading and begging and cursing and trying everything they can over and over again uh, to pray out of anxiety and worry and desperation. And uh, right there, he says, they, when they pray, um, you know, they do it um, over and over again. They heap up these empty mm-hmm. phrases. They keep saying the same prayers over and over again, um, thinking that maybe God will finally hear them then. And what Jesus is really getting at there is in the ancient world, um, other people who didn't know God, who didn't have a relationship with him, if they believed in a God or, you know, the gods, all the gods, whatever their belief was, 
um, the, in the ancient world, the idea was sort of, you know, God was too busy mm-hmm. or the gods were too busy to really worry about human problems. Right. And so the only way for a little tiny human, you know, speck of dust to get the attention of the gods was to be really annoying and to pray over and over and over again. And there was no sense for a lot of the Gentiles, you know, people who didn't know the God of Israel, that the gods even were moral or righteous Mm -hmm. or loving or true. And so um, the only way they could get those gods' attention would would be by doing things like praying over and over again. Or, you know, in, um, in the story of Elijah the prophet, you know, the prophets of Baal, you remember what they do? They cut mm-hmm. themselves and they cry all afternoon over and over again to try to get Baal's attention. And remember what Elijah says? He says, oh, is, is, does Baal not hear you? Maybe you need to cry a little bit louder. Yeah. And then he says, oh, maybe Baal is relieving himself on the divine toilet. You know, maybe he's <laughs> using the bathroom. And then, of course, by the time they're, you know, they've cut themselves and mm-hmm. they've cried, finally, Elijah just says, Lord, you know, will you help me? And then like that, the Lord answers right. Elijah's prayer. And so what Jesus is teaching us and was teaching these people is that when we pray, um, we're not supposed to pray out of panic and anxiety for the same things over and over and over again, because that's not how a child speaks to their father who knows Mm. that their father loves them. Um, In fact, how are we supposed to pray according to this verse right there, verse eight? It says, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you even ask him. Yeah, so I mean, just think about your prayer life right now. And um, you know, like I said, I, I prayer does not come naturally for me. And you know, Robert Murray Machane, that great Scottish Presbyterian minister, used to say, if you want to humble a Christian, just ask him about their prayer life. Hmm. Um, none of us are, are natural prayers. Uh, but what Jesus is getting at is he says, when you pray, is it out of anxiety and worry? And are you constantly praying for the same thing over and over again? Or do you pray knowing the goodness and the love of a father who already knows what you need? Right. Um, I mean, if, 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 you know, if you have a child, I mean, if your child was really in need and you knew they were in need mm-hmm. and they came to you, you wouldn't say, well, you got to, you know, ask me a hundred times. You would say, of course, I'm going to give you what you right. need. And Jesus says, look, if your kid comes to you and they need some bread, you know, you're not going to give them a stone or a serpent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you guys are evil and you basically have that under, you know, under the belt, right? You figured that much out. How much more will your heavenly father give you everything that you need. Right. And, and remember, this is Jesus teaching us this. Um, the, and the proof is in the pudding. Um, you know, see what um, love that the Father has lavished upon us, mm. that we should be called the children of God. 1 John 3, 1. And um, I mean, John three sixteen. Um, you know, God loved the world so much that he sent his son. I mean, God mm. has demonstrated his love and his faithfulness over and over again. And if you can make that turn um, away from anxiety and panic and praying over and over again and start thinking about God as Father, it's going to change your prayer life. Mm. Um, you know, Derek Thomas, in this wonderful book, um, he makes the point that when you make that shift, what happens is your prayer stops being about what God can do for you and your prayer becomes about who God is. Mm. And um, I can guarantee you, if you spent five minutes dwelling on the fatherhood of God, his love for you, um, your anxiety is going gonna, is gonna to diminish. Um, it's like putting out, um, 
you know, a snowball in the blazing heat of the sun. You know, the fatherhood and the love of God is meant to be the thing that really calms the fears of our hearts. Mm. Um, so I think that's how we start praying. Um, and, you know, the beautiful thing about the Lord's Prayer is that it's not just to be, you know, said as quickly as we can and as, you know, out of sort of just rote memory. And, you know, for some of us, you know, maybe you learned the Lord's Prayer as a kid, mm -hmm. which is wonderful. But the danger is you may think that because you learned it as a kid, that this prayer is really childish and associated mm -hmm. with, you know, children's concerns. Right. Uh, but, but nothing could be further from the truth. Mm -hmm. um, it's meant to be prayed, um, I would suggest, like the Didache does, morning mm -hmm. and noon mm -hmm. and night over and over again. And when you pray through it, pray through it slowly. So when you pray, say, Our Father and start to dwell and pray about the fatherhood of God. I know that you love me. Mm. I know that you know what I need before I even ask. Mm. I know that you sent your son. I know that you tell me that I am your child and beloved. And so when you start praying the Lord's Prayer, you know, um, if it's once a day or three times a day, start thinking of it as an outline for your prayer and not just something to be said as quickly as possible. Right. And then the last thing we'll get to tonight is just that very first word, our, when he says, our Father. And what's so powerful about that, and you may have never thought about it, uh, but when Jesus says to begin our prayer life with the word our, what Jesus is saying is that even in those moments of one-on-one um, -on -one time with the Lord, even when you and I go and we pray, we are supposed to be keeping the whole body mm -hmm. of Christ in view. And in fact, when we are alone with God, we are to start by remembering that it's not just me and God, right. it is us and our Father. The body of Christ. It yeah. is the body of Christ. And think about how profound that is, because if you remember in this passage, is Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray um, as a church corporately, or is he talking about how to pray one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, he, I mean, earlier he says to do this in your closet, you know, this yeah. is, that's the instruction he gives beforehand, so definitely in your personal prayer life, but then he still says, you know, can, to say our Father. Yeah, I mean, that is really yeah. profound if you let that sink mm -hmm. in. You know, in verse 6 he says, but when you pray, go in your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who's in secret. Right. Right, so when Jesus is teaching us the Lord's Prayer, he's not just talking about you know, how we pray when we gather as God's people, but when we're alone mm -hmm. and we pray, how are we supposed to pray alone? And for many of us, we are alone or, you know, we're locked in our closets or our rooms right now. But even when you pray, the very first words out of your mouth need to be prayers on behalf of all of God's people, that you see yourself um, not just as someone saved by God, but someone who's saved by God who is also a brother or a sister of all of God's people. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I love our family. Obviously, I love our family, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, and it's been great to spend more time together as a family, but our family is not the church. Mm -mm. We are a part of the church, but our real family is right. the body of Christ. And we miss that so mm -hmm. bad. But the sweet thing is we're supposed to be keeping the body of Christ in mind, even now while we're alone. Right. And so um, if you can get that in your mind when you're praying the Lord's Prayer, um, there, there are such beautiful things uh, that can happen. You can be praying uh, for uh, your fellow believers who have lost their jobs right now. 
mm -hmm. um, uh, for people who struggle with anxiety and depression right now, for people who are widows or widowers right now, mm -hmm. uh, or, or divorcees. I mean, there are so many people in the body of Christ that you can be praying for right. that are all wrapped up in that one word, our Father. Um, the other thing that I found uh, when it comes to praying for our um, and this is just a personal testimony. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you who I'm thinking of right now. I'm not going to name names or anything. It's no one listening to this. Don't worry. It's not you. Uh, but um, praying our Father um, changed uh, uh, really a really deep wound in my life. Um, you know, years ago, Caroline will know probably the situation, uh, but years ago somebody did something to me that um, wasn't a big deal, but it, it was a big deal to me. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had that? You know, somebody hurts you or says something or offends you and like, you know, nine times out of ten, you forgive and you forget. But then there's that one time it just seems to sort of um, burrow its way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it festers like a wound underneath mm -hmm. the skin and you, you can't get it out for some reason. And for, for some reason, I just couldn't get over this. Uh, thing that this person had said and done to me. Mm -hmm. And I prayed about it a bunch and I asked to, you know, I forgave the person as best as I could. But it was like my mind just kept coming back to this situation and I would play out the scenario over and over in my mind. And, um, you know, I, I didn't want to keep acting like that, but I just couldn't figure out how to move on. It was like, um, it was like I was trying to get through a hallway, but there was a locked door and every mm -hmm. key wouldn't work. And I was like, why can't I get past this? And uh, so anyway, I was reflecting on why I couldn't get past this. And uh, I remember I was on a plane and uh, I know, you know, that I hate flying and uh, I do a lot of praying as it turns out on a yeah. plane. My prayer life, you know, shoots way up on an airplane <laughs> for some reason. And uh, so I'm praying on this airplane and I'm like, you know, I just can't get over what this person has done and said to me and how could they do this? Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, I just need, I just need to pray the Lord's prayer right now. I don't know what else to do. Right. And I started off our father. And it just hit me that this person that had hurt me and done this to me was a fellow believer. Mm. And who was I to hold their record of sin against them? Right. Um, I have been forgiven so much. How can I pray to God and still have this against my brother? I mean, mm. I was so convicted. And, but right then and there, I realized that this person was not my enemy. They were my beloved brother in Christ who I'm gonna spend eternity with. And it was like, um, it was like I had forgiven them completely in that moment. And even if that situation came back in my mind, it was like my mentality was totally different. Yeah. I don't wanna think about this anymore. I, I forgive this person and um, there's no long, I don't, I don't wanna even talk about it anymore because I love them and I forgive them. And I don't wanna hold this against them. And it was like when I reached for the key of the Lord's Prayer. It went right mm. in the door and unlocked it. And it was perfect. Um, so I don't know if you have people uh, that have hurt you, uh, that you need to forgive, uh, maybe even people in our church, or uh, probably more likely people who aren't at our church anymore, uh, you know, that may have left because of situations, or maybe you've got people in your family that mm -hmm. you know and love. Uh, but if you start wrapping your mind around that your prayer life is meant to begin not just asking for God to do things for you, but it's meant to begin praying on behalf of all of God's people, every Christian, all of us in this together. Um, it's going to be incredible what it does to your spiritual life, to your capacity to forgive, 
uh, for your love for the brothers and sisters in the Lord, the communion of the saints. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be amazing what it does when you think about how good our Father is. Um, he knows you're struggling to forgive. He knows you're struggling with depression. And he loves you and he's meeting you there even right now if you've got the ears to hear mm -hmm. and the eyes to see and the hands uh, that will put this into practice. Right. So as we close, is there anything you want to add before we, you know, kick it over to next week for our Bible study? I think you gave us a great, you know, application for this week, things that we can be working on for sure, being able, you know, just praying morning, noon, and night, like you said. Um, Jesus teaches us exactly how we should pray. So yeah. thanks, yeah. Dustin. Yeah, thanks for being This is exciting. Yeah. Remember, nobody uh, is a natural prayer. It's something we've got to learn. It's something mm -hmm. the disciples had to learn. Right. And uh, I'll just finish with this. Remember, um, morning, noon, and night, try to pray the Lord's Prayer. And then keep in mind that these are things to be dwelled on. Our Father. Mm. Our. Who, who needs the encouragement of the Lord? Who can I pray on behalf of? Who can I forgive? Um, Father, I love you uh, because you first loved me. Mm. You, are so, you know what I need before I even ask. So... Now what do you want to talk about? Now what can I say to you, Father? It'll change everything yeah. about that prayer life. Um, I mean, if, you, if God already knew everything that you needed, what could you talk to him about? What would you talk to him about? Well, the way you start answering that is you work your way through the Lord's Prayer and you start to learn what Jesus hmm. talked to his Father about. Uh, so with that in mind, um, how do you think we should finish should probably pray the Lord's Prayer, right? That's a great idea. Okay, guys, we will see you back next Wednesday at 6.30, and we're going to pick up with those words in heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's pray the Lord's Prayer as we close, and we invite you to pray along with us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks, guys. See you soon.